even in the the the, the fraternity clinic. Uh, when I mean when the fertility, <laughs> fertility, <laughs> fertility, fertility. <laughs> Fuck it, I don't care. It was a fraternity. <laughs> Fuck it, man. It was, it was no, a, that was good. Yeah, there are some really funny parts to it. That uh, if you enjoy comedy, this would be a good movie for you. Which is why I'm still fucking pissed that Kenny didn't show up for this episode. <laughs> wow. Wow. Why didn't you pull the machines? Why didn't you call them? You didn't see what was going on? Well, there's no way to determine that. Yes, man. there is. An infallible way. They won. What's well, a casino? People got to win sometimes. Hey, what do you think? I'm a fucking idiot? Probability on one four-wheel machine is a million and a half to one. On three machines in a row, it's in the billions. It cannot happen. Would not happen. You fucking Momo, what's the matter with you? Maybe it was the love of the planets. Maybe it was just my growing dislike for this one. But for as long as I can remember, I have dreamed of going into space. Now that I've met you... Would you object to never seeing me again? The biggest regret of my life, I let my love go. That price on my head, was that dead or alive? I don't remember. See if he starts shooting. I don't ask you over for dinner and then suggest you give a lecture on the peoples of Mesoamerica or whatever your pre-Columbian shit is. This is my job. This is how I pay the fucking rent. The same gentleman that told me that you tried to get your broker's license also told me that you were a straight arrow. He ran a security check on me. Well... Sail on a boat fit for a Bond villain, sometimes you need to play the part, right? First of all, dude, you don't have an ex. Secondly, this is a fucking show dog with fucking papers. You can't board it, it gets upset. Its hair falls out. Walter. Fucking dog has fucking papers. Over the line! Huh? I'm sorry, Smokey, you were over the line, that's a foul. What happened? Did your your balls drop off? Hello there, and welcome into episode 20 of Film Tank. We made it to 20 episodes, guys. Well, almost all of us. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Kenny is no longer with us. Oh, uh, well. For, for this episode. For this episode, he, he's no longer <laughs> with us. I guess I should have rephrased that. Yeah, make it sound like he died. We're just like starting off the episode. Oh, he's no longer with us, so moving on. He's a smart one. Uh, the voices you hear in the uh, the background are Nick Cheney and Toussaint Egan. Hi. Hey. Okay. Now, which one was which? Should be pretty obvious to anybody who's ever listened to the show. But oh well, okay. Yeah, I guess, I guess you're just a big smarty pants. I am. Mm. It also helps me because I'm here and I can see you, so I don't even have to think about it. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, not here though, uh, which kind of sucks because this would be the kind of episode that's right up his alley in comedy. That's right. And I'm here, and I'm really excited to uh, talk about fresh cakes today because fresh cakes are a really big deal. <sighs> <laughs> We'll get more into that later as we uh, discuss. I hope the, not. We just, well, I really hope not. It had to get at least one mention. I guess it didn't, but it did. It, it did. So that's something we can think about forever and always. It's always going to be there. The movie we're talking about today, if you haven't guessed it already, is Ted 2, the new Seth MacFarlane movie about the character Ted. The movie was released just uh, last week, and the original came out in 2012. 
We'll get more into that uh, a little bit later. Uh, right now, though, we're going to uh, do a, a Week in Review segment. We haven't done one in a while. And um, if you guys don't mind, I was thinking I would start off. Sure. Oh, no, please go right ahead, Alex. What an asshole. Seriously. <laughs> I was being genuine. That was genuine. You can't tell when he's genuine. No, no, What man. the hell? <laughs> I do a nice thing and I get chastised for it. Well, you kind of deserved it, but that's okay. Okay, fine. Don't go, Alex. Would you like me to go? No, I'll go first. That's okay. Fine. <laughs> so, You're welcome. Uh, starting off, um, I wanted to say that I took Emily, my wife, to go see Jurassic World, as she was interested in seeing that. And she thought it was one of the worst movies she's ever seen. Oh. I agree with her. <laughs> oh, come on. You didn't think it was that bad. I, did, I mean, I gave it one star on yeah. whatever. It's not like I liked it. You you have four movies under, or three movies under this year. You yeah, those are really bad movies. <laughs> I'm just saying, I can see more than one awful movie. That's true. <laughs> but no, I and I and the more I think about it, the more I can't imagine I'd... I, I like it anymore, and if I saw it, I might get even more bored. I dropped what, my rating from three and a half down to three. What did she not like about it? Um, she thought that all of the characters were some of the least developed characters she's ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Yes, um, and I actually can't disagree. Uh, especially, she did not like the kids. She thought their storyline was really, really weak. Kids suck. Yeah. Well. Yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, she also did not care at all for Bryce Dallas Howard's character, which I am right there with her. So I'm with her and you guys with that. Although I feel like as much as Bryce Dallas Howard is not great in it, it's really just a writing of her character, yeah. like, which I think is worse than her performance, yeah. which, which is saying something. The problem with Bryce Dallas Howard though, it's getting to a point where, People need to stop saying, well, I think it was the role, because it seems like every movie she's in is a complete fucking dumpster fire. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say that about every movie she's been in, though. Like, I thought she was okay in uh, 50-50 yeah. and, and a few other things. But I'm just saying, like, if you were to put a powerhouse actress in that role... It wouldn't have been any It better. would have been maybe even more offensive, because then you'd be wasting a lot of talent. Uh, it's true. <laughs> But at the same time, though, I, and I'm agreeing with you that the role and the writing, I mean, the writing in the movie, especially seeing it a second time, I was like sitting there listening to some of the line deliveries and just thinking, wow, this is not good. Um, however, I would give the whole movie as a whole two stars before the last 10 minutes, which are just glorious still, I have to say. Yeah, so see, the more I think about the last 10 minutes, the more I'm like, I don't get what you guys... That's fine. Like, No, I'm just like, totally I thought cool. I... I think like in the moment, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that was cute. But like now, it's even that's like falling in my esteem, because I'm like, it was just a one-second payoff to a horrible pile of shit. I wouldn't say one second. Well, okay, I guess I'm just thinking about the actual, the, the, the moment of the sea monster. Yeah. Whatever. Well, that was the the best part, but the, that, I was... So you guys are thinking, talking about the whole, like, last 10-minute showdown thing? Yeah. When they get back uh, in the, and they're in, like, the ambulance or whatever, that whole uh, thing, I was, I was digging it. Okay. I was digging it the first time, too. Yeah. Remember, these are the incredibly smart raptors that get fooled by very translucent holograms, so... Mm. They're really good holograms, man. Yeah, but... I love that the one just literally stares at it like, what is this? If if we're going to get nitpicky about Jurassic Park, I mean... Well, it's not nitpicky. If a a script establishes something, you have to follow your own rules. But you can establish whatever you want. So the fact that they would drive home the point that these are such smart dinosaurs and then actually turn them into dumbasses, like, then... I'm sorry, but then that's the movie fucking up. It's not... It's not nitpicky in my book. Are you no. saying this should have been like a banana peel like sound effect when they like <laughs> slip or some shit? 
<laughs> yeah, like I, I was waiting for him to like like when they like walk through the hologram and be like wah, wah, or, yeah, but because it's just so stupid. And yeah. I, I I see what you're saying, and I, I honestly can see any criticisms about Jurassic World and think they're valid. But I, for me, still yeah. very much enjoyed the uh, the ending scene. Uh, the other movie I want to talk about really quickly was a 2014 movie that I had the privilege of watching with Nick, and that was uh, that was Calvary, which was a really, really good movie. I, I was, was surprised fan. you liked it as much as you did. Really? Well, just because, okay. um, obviously, we have different tastes in our movies and whatever, so I guess I, I didn't expect you to dislike it, per se, but I when when I saw your rating, I would say that much on Letterboxd, I did not think it would get up to a four, so... I was very surprised, but I'm very happy because I, I love that movie. It's a really, really strong story, uh, and especially Brendan Gleeson, who he's getting to the point, really, that even if he was in a bad movie, he would be good in it. Yeah, he that was one of my top five performances of last year for me, and maybe even my personal favorite, but I love what he did with that role. And it's not just him, too, because it's the writing as well as far as it's got to be one of my favorite depictions of religion ever, because it is one of the most fair and open-minded, I would say, depictions of, like, even something that I have very strong opinions about, like the Catholic Church. Um, <laughs> so, like, the fact that I could walk away and just completely empathize with his position and just kind of, like, his feelings on faith, it just... It, that's how you know the movie did a good job, in my opinion. And I agree with you on that. I, I love the uh, the side characters, even though um, some of them were pretty stereotypical, because that's what they were. They're very broad. Yeah. I uh, especially wanted to say uh, my favorite character was... Uh, the uh, the doctor played by Aiden Aiden Gillen he Aiden was he was Gillen. great he was yeah. so good in that movie the atheistic doctor what yeah. a cliche I loved his voice I loved his performance I even loved his little mustache it was <laughs> it was lovely yeah no he's great and um, and I also like for me at least I think the movie gets better on a second uh, or a repeated viewing because besides the fact that you'll obviously know the uh, the the who done it part mm. of it or whatever which I I still stress to anybody who's going to see it for the first time and it's not that important so don't get too hung up on you know who will end up doing it but then there are also little details like um you know uh like who uh, uh I won't spoil because that's that's why I'm trying to because I want to get people to watch it yeah so I won't spoil whatever but the thing that happens with the dog if you rewatch it you can figure out who did that and little things like that so it it does reward repeat viewings in my opinion. Yeah, and there are, are subtle humor in the um, moments in the in the film that are I thought were actually pretty pretty poignant and pretty good. Yeah. So I mean, like if you have a priest, you know, making jokes about the way his daughter's failed suicide attempt, you know, that you know it's obviously not going to be a movie for everyone, but that's actually what made it refreshing. Well, and I also thought too that he was like a somewhat realistic Catholic priest because he had lived so long in his life before he became yeah. That's no, part thing. of the part of the religious world, the so. grizzled Catholic priest who's yeah. fought a couple well, of demons like he, in his time. Yeah, right, he found God after tragedy, so uh. you know, so it's kind of like it was like this was his solace type thing. Um, and not only that, but he even has his own problems outside of just religion and faith. Like he's uh. a, he's a recovering alcoholic, and you know, just things that everybody has to deal with. Not he's just like, priests. He's like the house of priests. Yeah, like, but also to much more kind. Uh, <laughs> well, he's a priest. Yeah. Yeah. Well. He was a doctor. I mean, come on. Uh, but the, uh, the the also the the relationship really quickly that I wanted to get to that I also really liked 
was the uh, the younger by the book priest who just was kind of doing it because he thought he was supposed to be doing being a priest. Yeah, and I, I love their the awkward relationship between him and Brendan Gleeson's character and how Brendan Gleeson's just not feeling it the whole movie. And it's it's great because you think that he's a priest and he should just like you know accept that. And he's just like. You're not a priest. It even, I think he even tells him, like, this isn't for you and that yeah, kind the, of thing. Yeah, the culmination of it is when Brendan Gleeson's character gets drunk and tells him what he finally wants, <laughs> kind of wants to tell him, which is that he's not made to be a priest and there, there's no way in hell that, you know, he's doing himself or his parish any favors by being a priest, which was kind of interesting because, yeah, like you said, you don't really see a lot of depictions of priests, like, just be that blunt and somewhat rude. Yeah. But it was a good movie, and I would I uh, would suggest it to anybody out there, especially me, because as you said, Nick, it really isn't my kind of yeah. movie necessarily on the surface. But I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. All right, let's move on to you guys. Who wants to go first? Tussaud, would you like to go first? Sure, I'll go oh, first. What a nice guy. Oh, I know. He was fucking nice... with you. He wants to go next. No, I would no. not do that. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Anytime. I appreciate that. Um, so what I watched was <laughs> you, Dick. <laughs> anyway. Um... I, I watched this movie uh, maybe a couple of weeks back, but it was so good that I kind of wanted to make mention of it. And we Predator? Had, no, not Predator. One day we will do a not Predator episode. Not again. Epi- we'll do a Predator episode someday, but it's not today. Well, what did you watch? I watched uh, Dope, which is oh, this yeah. new uh, like like 2015 Sun- comedy. Another Sundance film, right? Yep. Yeah, another Sundance film by uh, Rick Famu. He's like a, like a Nigerian-American director, and... It basically took place in in contemporary, uh, like, Ingleside, like, California, San Francisco, that that area. And I really enjoyed it. It was, like, more of, like, a, like a, like a black comedy. Not like a, not, not, not not like a dark comedy, but like a Wayne's Brothers sort of comedy, sort of that way. Like, black in that way, yeah. Literal black. I don't, I don't know how to, how to, like. We, we say African American on this podcast. (laughs) Whatever, okay. Um. Not a dark comedy, a black comedy. The the things that stuck out to me about that movie, (laughs) um, were the main character of Malcolm, because he kind of reminds me a lot of myself. No, his name was just Malcolm. Um. It's just like this this nerdy kid who was into like '90s hip hop and like video games and oh, stuff well, like that. that is oh, you. was this movie about hipsters? No, it wasn't about hipsters. No, They're not hipsters. Apparently, it was about Tucson because you just described yourself. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah so like, no, I'm just saying. Like, no, it's yeah. not about hipster. I'm not a hipster. What do you guys say? <laughs> Wu Tang Clan and video games. Like that's all I ever hear about. From that is actually not all you hear about from me. I also <laughs> talk about movies. Kidding. That's right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was really really enjoyable, and the. The final speech at the end of the film, like, really kind of like like hit home for me. I I really enjoyed. I'm Malcolm X. Actually, shut the fuck up. You should go see this movie. Hey, was it was really this good. movie at least not three and a half hours? Like, uh, the... It wasn't three and a half hours. I really do want to see this movie though. It's yeah. uh, where did you catch it around here? Um, I caught it. Um, I think it had like a limited run. I'm not sure how okay. limited it was, but it was like I see advertisements. Uh, it was our, in Montgomery, so I was. Our, it's, at the, it's at the theaters around us now. Oh, it, it has is? been okay. for the last week. Well, then I should go check it. You out. should definitely check it out. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, besides that, I watched um, Wong Kar Wai's uh, "In the Mood for Love" finally. And I really enjoy it. I think it's really shot. Wait a well. minute! <laughs> don't, don't wait a put minute. Me on blast yet? Don't you do it? I have to do this. Don't you? Do you it. told me before don't this you episode. Shut the fuck 
fuck up. You only watched half the movie. <laughs> I thought it was good. I'm gonna finish it. But I felt well, then asleep. why don't you wait to talk about it then? Fine, I'll talk so about it actually... next week. Okay. There was this really good scene during the opening credits. Yeah. It was not even like that. Well, because like... I like I, I want to talk about it. So when you when you finish it, we can have a little two minute conversation about it. All right, Nick, what did you see in the past week? Well, I saw... But, but, but only full movies, please. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I rewatched my favorite movie of all time, which is, if you don't know, uh, Magnolia. <gasps> yes. Uh, that, and it is still my favorite movie after, at, after this latest viewing. Mm. Um, but I'm not going to talk about that because I know I'm going to force Film Tank to watch it at some point in the long-distant future. So... Another thing I watched this week was I rewatched uh, the talented Mr. Ripley. Oh wow! With, with Matt Damon, and I, I'm pretty sure I watched this for the very first time like a few months ago. So it's kind of a quick, you know, turnaround for me to rewatch it. But it is just that good. It is a uh, one of the best Matt Damon performances, in my opinion, uh, and just a very uh, chilling story because it's it's a very talky picture. Like there are a lot of just conversations about culture and jazz and you know just kind of these very rich uh stuck-up characters you know basking in their own wealth and their superiority well the movie itself is technically set in like europe because yeah because um matt damon's character traveled abroad to go what what basically happens just as far as the setup because if you don't know i i feel like the talented mr ripley is one of those movies that like you always see the poster and it just looks like one of those like feel good whatever like even like the title like the talented mr ripley you know it sounds like mr holland opus or something like but it's actually it's about matt damon's character is basically like a a con man but not uh one with i would say particularly malicious intent but just somebody who tries to do anything he can for a buck because he just he's so broke and poor. So when he fills in for a friend uh, at a a piano like uh, concert, he runs into who uh, James Reborn actually plays. Uh, yeah. I'm a huge fan of him, so he's, you just got my ears to perk up. There you go. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Yeah, James Reborn uh, plays the father of. Uh, the Jude Law character. And basically, mm-hmm. because he was filling in for this person, he gets mistaken for that person because he'd never met him before. So he said, you uh, used to go to school with my son, didn't you, in college? And, he, and because Matt Damon's kind of a smooth talker, he goes along with it. And he goes, well, my son is currently abroad in uh, Rome. And he goes, well, how would you feel about, because he kind of, James Reborn takes a liking to him. And he goes, how about I pay you money and you can go out there and bring him home because he won't come back to the States or whatever. So it's all about Matt Damon kind of like cruising on that guy's money and pretending to be something he's not and trying to like see if that will stay together or fall apart. And it also kind of is one of those films that starts off as one thing and takes a whole other turn about halfway through. So it's a very, very good film. There's some terrific performances and it's got some of the best directing I've ever seen. It's- one might say talented. Oh, Toussaint, right out the gate. You, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, finish in the mood for love. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I can't say enough about it, and I won't say enough about it because oh. I uh, don't want to spoil it because it's one of those where if you, for some reason, because it came out in, like, what, 97, 98, or whatever, if you haven't, um, if you haven't seen it by now and somehow haven't gotten it spoiled, then it's definitely a great... First time viewing experience, and also a terrific supporting uh, 
supporting turn by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, he, he's he has a knack for playing like some of the most annoying characters. Uh, like in I'm thinking of like him in Heart Eight when he plays the craps player, where he, where he's just yelling at Philip Baker Hall. Yeah, he even I wouldn't even necessarily say totally annoying, but his. Uh... His uh, supporting character in the uh, amazing disaster movie Twister. Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> but but that's, but that's the same doing. kind of thing where yeah. he's just this annoying person who's there to annoy yep. the characters, and he's doing his job. And that's he's what he's being belligerent. That's what he's doing here because he's uh, he's basically the first character to find out something, like basically to sniff out that there's something wrong with Matt Damon's character, and he just will not let it go, and he keeps like yelling at him while nobody else is really paying attention. It's very entertaining. So if you want to see some great uh, supporting uh, roles by people who are now dead, like James Reborn and Philip Seymour Hoffman, or if you just want to see a great movie in general, go, uh, go track it down. It's fantastic. Yeah. And um, the only other thing I saw that I will quickly mention, even though I said I wasn't going to, but now I'm starting to think about it, is I did rewatch Me and Earl and the oh, Dying okay. Girl, and I think we should probably re-release re- re- that episode, um, so look out for that. I'll probably be posting that, because now it's starting to make its way to all the major theaters. And I gotta say, it, I've been seeing a lot of critical dissent come out of uh, in the wake of this movie being released. A lot, uh, released. A lot of people are kind of either loving it or hating it, like mm. you know. And I gotta say, after watching it, it kind of held strong. If not, I liked it a little more the second time around because there's a lot of little details that really do pay off beautifully by that ending uh, that we've talked at length. So I won't go into it ever. But if you haven't seen it, and if I would say if the reviews are giving you any doubt or whatever, still go see it and make up your own mind because I feel like it's such a personal story that there's there could be a lot of people that take uh, any something out of it. So, so yeah, that was a uh, that was a good movie. Can I uh, mention one more thing before we get into the uh, TED Two review? Sure. Then too, um, I don't know how Netflix does this. Uh, I don't know what their their process is. But there, have you guys ever gotten emails from them suggesting movies that they've added that you might like? No, no I done. tell them not to do that. Oh, can yeah. you do that? Is there a way to do that? Yeah. Oh man, I need to do that because they are the absolute worst. Every movie they send, they send like this email saying, "Oh, Alex, we've added a movie that we think you'll really enjoy." They are like the movies that I hate the most in the entire world. <laughs> like they just sent me an email uh, earlier today about. How they added one of the Underworld movies. I'm like, <gasps> I fucking hate that series you so do. much. Yeah, it's horrible. Even the first one? Terrible. Ah, interesting. I haven't seen them. Yeah. It's got it's got like everything that I don't like about movies. It's got that gothy feel. It's it's about vampires, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Not interested. <laughs> Alex is making that face when you try to like feed a baby and it's just like recoiling like mm, no. I, t- I thought you just said beat a baby. <laughs> no, we were trying to Whole different episode. Oh, yeah, but I was like, I was recoiling in horror. So, okay. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) The the Underworld movies are really horrible pieces of shit. Horrible pieces of shit. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. Hmm. Are you that teddy bear who came alive? I am. That's me. Good eye. Good eye. I'm Dr. Danzer. Oh, cool. (laughs) Hold me closer, Dr. Dancer. (laughs) Whatever. I don't know. The government shut on property. This is a nightmare. They can't change a whole life just by calling it property. You're fired. Your adoption isn't going to work out. You are no longer a Papa Gino's rewards member. That's a big one. We got to fight. What do you mean? I mean, we get a lawyer. Well, we don't know any lawyers. All our friends make sandwiches. Do you mind if I ask how old you are? I'm 26. Is there a problem? You know, I just don't want my lawyer singing Frozen songs during the opening argument. 
Ted, you're special, but you've done nothing positive. He's had a positive effect on me. That's what you get for exercising. Ted, do you believe you have a soul? <clears throat> what did you think I would do at this moment? Objection. Overruled. Moving on to uh, our main review, we're going to be talking about the new Seth MacFarlane movie, Ted yeah. 2, today. Speaking of horrible pieces of... Oh, oh too sad oh, right out the gate. Yeah. yeah. Give me some of that, brother. Yeah. Before we get into our feelings about it, let's just uh, tell the audience, if they haven't seen this, what it was about. The newly-led couple of Ted and Tammy Lynn want to have a baby, <laughs> which might be a problem because he's a teddy bear, but in order to qualify to be a parent, Ted will have to prove he's a person in the court of law. This movie stars Mark Wahlberg returning as John, also uh, Seth MacFarlane doing the voice of Ted, and uh, a couple new additions to uh, this uh, film, including Amanda Seyfried and also uh, Morgan Freeman. And Giovanni Ribisi um, comes back as the, uh, the villain named Donnie from the first film. Because, you know, everybody needed a little more of that in this one. That's right. Mm. So um, I was hoping Kenny would be here because he would uh, be the guy who maybe would help me out in trying to defend some of the parts of this movie because I'm assuming you guys both hated it. But um, I'll let you go first and then I'll I'll try to think of a good response. So uh, whichever one you wants to start off beating the shit out of this movie, go right ahead. All right, let's do it. (laughs) I... This movie frustrates me on a level because I will admit that I personally found certain jokes to be hilarious. I, um, and I'm speak- like actually hilarious, like not like a couple no, no, of giggles, like, like no, 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 really like genuine funny. hilarity. And I, when I say that, I mean there are a few jokes, not, yeah. not a lot. There are a few other jokes that are just like, yeah, okay, like they don't offend me. But you can count them on one hand, whatever. Really. Yeah, but I'm 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 being serious when I say that there are at least three or four jokes that I can remember and recall from this movie that I think are just actually brilliant to to use a word. Okay, uh, and what they remind me of is they it reminds <laughs> me that Seth MacFarlane, if he tried a little harder, could be the successor to somebody like the. Uh, the, the Zucker brothers and Abrams team, you know, who made a airplane and stuff because he's got this kind of knack for kinetic comedy where the jokes are just kind of going from one to another. And even if there is no connective tissue, he can pace it well enough that it's just his brand of absurdity. And I'm, specifically, I love uh, the ascension of comedy in the scene when they're in the library and um, Amanda Seyfried's character slaps down her law books and goes, and, and he goes into a simple wordplay joke because she goes, I've got uh, Plessy versus Ferguson, Brown versus Board of Education, and um, Roe versus Wade. And then, and then Mark Wahlberg goes, yeah, okay, well, I've got Freddy versus Jason, Alien versus Predator, and Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> you know, And then he takes it one step further because then Ted goes, okay, I've got Ernest Goes to Camp, Ernest Saves Hollywood, and uh, – um, the the importance of being earnest or whatever he which said, which wasn't but, very good, <laughs> yeah, was very which was kind of disappointing, you know. Like, so it's kind of like that level of humor, I think, is actually pretty great, and it makes no sense if you were to actually like watch that moment in a real movie. But because this is a comedy, and you know, we're suspending our disbelief anyway. Like it's just that kind of like anarchic humor that I actually do enjoy. Unfortunately, Seth MacFarlane is his own worst enemy because he insists that what he finds is funny. And, like, that's the end of the story because there are too many times where there were jokes in this movie that weren't just unfunny but, like, actually, I thought, brought the movie to a screeching halt to the point where I was then, like – I. 
when the joke was made, I was like, so why am I watching this again? Like, and while, yes, there were a few jokes in between that, like, got me back on board, there were way too many moments when he just, like, he's like uh, Dr. Schultz and Django Unchained. He just looks at the camera and just, I just couldn't help myself because that's Seth MacFarlane. He just can't help himself, and he thinks that it's funny because he said so. And we're seeing this now in uh, in our culture where a lot of comedians are being uh, under attack, like Amy Schumer is the latest victim of this whole battle of, like, what is funny? Like, is it racist if a comedian says it's not funny? Did mm-hmm. you guys hear about that? No. Yeah, she was, uh, people were digging through some of her old tweets, which is always one of, of the course, most, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the most pointless pastimes ever, just to, yeah, stir up shit. So she issued a, uh, uh, like, basically, like, she pr- uh, screencapped a f- one of her notes in an iPhone where she typed out a very long... Uh, I will admit, it wasn't that well-worded, so it's like, I love Amy Schumer, but that wasn't the best argument she could have made. But she basically said that horrible bullshit, like, I'm a comedian, so therefore I know what's funny and you guys don't, which mm-hmm. is really stupid. Of course, Seth MacFarlane retweeted it and said, yes, this. And so, yeah, and so, but that's, that's every, every joke in this movie that fell flat, it felt like Seth MacFarlane, like, like I could just hear him off camera giggling like a schoolboy, and therefore, like, that's what turned me off because it wasn't just a comedy that tr- tried to be funny; it was a comedy that thought it was funny no matter what, and therefore, it got a pass to do whatever it wanted. And I'm speaking, yes, there was a lot of I thought racist jokes, just like there was a lot of jokes about race that weren't necessarily racist. Like, for example, I thought an example of a joke that I would say was pretty stupid and somewhat racist are was. You, are you talking about the supermarket one? Because I. Like I don't even know what to think about there, that there, joke. I know. There's so many things. That was actually a joke that like I was like <laughs> I like, like on the one hand I actually kind of thought it was funny. You're because, like Ted, I'm just like I didn't I didn't even know that yeah. was a thing. I, I I don't know what the hell's going on. But it's just like Quentin Tarantino writing the N word a hundred times. Like at what point do we <laughs> What the fuck do I feel about this? Yeah, like at what point do we say like, oh, this is okay because it's it's entertainment or this or, or this is not okay because we're letting this white person yeah. <laughs> you know, equivocate racism that he has he knows nothing about and yet he thinks it's funny because he didn't have to at, at all, you know, experience it. And yeah. so and there was a lot of I think jokes that personally made me question it. There are some jokes that didn't make me question it at all, like when Ted is watching Roots uh, and he sees Kunta Kinte uh, getting whipped by one of the slave masters, and you have Ted sitting there going, oh, that that's me, that's me. But, that's the joke. Yeah. That's the entire premise of this film. And uh, you know, you know, Seth MacFarlane is sitting there going, well, no, it's funny because Ted is wrong and he's being an asshole. But, but it's also, like, he's kind of right because that's what the film's about. Well, that's the thing is that that's Seth MacFarlane in a nutshell for me, is that he can say that, like, no, the joke is that it's supposed to be a Offensive. Okay, well then you just admitted your joke is offensive, and you're still saying that it has value in this, you know, economy of comedy. Like I, I have a lot of thoughts about this movie. Apparently, I didn't realize that until you have a lot came of thoughts flooding out. Wow. Yeah, so I, I'll pass it off to you guys. But just as far as to summarize, I, I think there are moments of brilliance where I can tell that Seth MacFarlane is not like humanity's worst monster. Well, he's not, not in, in terms of like writing. He's not incompetent. Like he no. actually makes a lot of. He, like, I just good, think he makes he just, horrible choices. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think he has talent, personally. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's like if you have a devil and an angel sitting on your shoulder, you know, you see in the cartoon. Oh, no, I sure He yeah. basically gets the angel shit face and puts him in the corner while all he can do is just listen to all the devil's suggestions because he just thinks that that's funnier because it's more shocking. Yeah. And uh, But he's doing it with the best of intentions, so that's okay. 
yeah, well, that's right. That's one way to put it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's I can talk at length about you know what was funny and what wasn't. I obviously I don't think that's what the podcast should be as far as like yeah. what was this funny? Okay, next. Yeah. You know, but I will say one thing that was horribly unfunny and one of the stupidest things I've ever seen was the Jay Leno cameo. <laughs> that was one of the most. That was a Family Guy joke live action. Like I was like I. There are parodies of Seth MacFarlane's humor, like, oh, he's just a Family Guy writer, so therefore it just looks like this. But he does it. it, it, it he plays into his own. It begs the question of, whether or not, like, he's parodying himself or he's just, like, running in stupid. circles right now. Yeah. Like, he's just doing the same shit over and over and again. And it's those kind of jokes that make me completely kind of, like, wary to defend him on any other joke that I actually do like. Yeah. But the worst part about that joke, because I will agree, that yeah. was like a low point of the movie. I was like, what? That's not even funny at all. Which actually kind of I'll say this though, it, it's not that it's good, but it kind of makes sense because Jay Leno isn't funny. Well, so. Yeah, I mean that was that was first mistake. <laughs> but um, the other part of that though is almost like he wrote this joke and then he said, I want to have Jay Leno in it and then he ends up getting Jay Leno so he's kind of got to do it because Jay Leno's kind of an asshole. So uh, it, the, all about that Jay Leno thing was just not good. It was just the didn't most forced thing I've ever seen. Like, you, yeah, because the whole joke is that apparently Jay Leno goes to male bathrooms and bars and solicit well, blowjobs or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But and so then he tries it on Mark Wahlberg, who's of course you know because he's a fucking hetero and he ain't gonna get down with that shit. And Except gonna, he looks at gay porn on his computer. Yeah. So, so um, I, don't, I don't know. Which about was another that. horrible joke, but I'm not even gonna try to. <laughs> Uh, oh, there's so much porn on his computer. Well, not just the porn, but he goes into territory that's also, uh, I would say, it, in a very delicate place right now that people are actually starting to, you know, like worry about, like, and for good reason, like trans rights and such. Yeah. And he gets into that, and yet he, and it's in that scene, it's in that context at least, it's viewed as a bad thing. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, that's that's where the Seth MacFarlane, the playground bully, comes out, where you know it's kind of like grow up, Seth, because it's just not funny anymore. So anyway, Tucson, I don't want to. Nick, you are you are articulating like so much more about this film than I'm willing to go into. Like usually, I'm the person that like reads into films and just like like tries to dissect them. I didn't even I, plan on this. I, I, I know, say. I know. I, this was just a wellspring. I didn't expect this out of you, um, dear listener. I consider myself <laughs> a avowed patron and appreciator of the arts, and I pride myself in being able to. Um, sample from different films outside of my usual palette. I, I enjoy doing that. I walked into this theater knowing that I was going to not like this film and I wanted to still give it a fair shake, but um, so help me, I just can't. I, I don't give a shit about Ted 2. I really don't. Um, Seth MacFarlane, he just... he, he like I, I enjoyed Family Guy and I enjoy like American Dad to to different extents just because like I think what he does what what, what he did in, in his in his stride what he did in his heyday with his humor like he's very good at it he's good at like um, very awesome like non sequitur like references from like 1970s 1980s pop culture and I think the reason why those jokes really resonate as well as they do is because like this show is aimed at people who came up probably like in the the late 90s or the 2000s and stuff right so they're not going to be they're not going to be knowledgeable about this. So right. just simply for the fact that it exists in this form I mean, and it exists on its own, like it's funny, but people who are old enough and are maybe media savvy enough to like know what these references are, like they had the added bonus to them too. But this, um, 
I, 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 I just I, I can't can't say anything intelligible about this because every time I think of about a new scene, I just think, wow, that was really crass and fucking stupid. Like even in the the the, the fraternity clinic. Uh, when you mean when the fertility, <laughs> fertility, <laughs> fertility, fertility. <laughs> Fuck it, I don't care. It was a fraternity. <laughs> Fuck it, man. It was, it was no, a, that was good. Yeah, um, that was funnier than almost everything. I know movie. exactly. It was. I wasn't even trying. Hire me, Hollywood. <laughs> um, Mark Mark Wahlberg, Marky Mark. I don't know what the fuck his real name is in the movie. He gets doused. He John, gets, John Bennett. John Bennett. He gets doused in a um, in a in an avalanche of sperm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, so, yeah, that's... I, what else can I say about that? I mean, If that doesn't make you want to see the movie, I don't know he what gets, will. He, he gets doused in, a, in an avalanche of sperm. But it's, it's, it's made okay it's a good, because... No, no, it's not okay. I'll tell you why. <laughs> no, no, okay? no, it, it's no, a, no. No, hold on. Oh, no, shit. Can I, can I just finish here real okay. quickly? Yeah. Just, just one second. stabbed out. Okay. Yeah. It, it's made okay by the, the people in, in the actual film when they're doing the film because, oh, it's okay because we weren't going to use that sperm anyways. And, and, yeah. that's, and, that's, and that's not okay. And the, exactly. reason, and the reason for that. Wait, well, I'm going to say it. I'm yeah. going to say it. Okay, so he gets doused in an avalanche of sperm when, when Ted throws a thing and he gets knocked into a fucking wall and knocks him all over. And he's just like, oh, it's really fun. It's a, it's an, it's a, it's a gut shock laughter, la- laughter moment. And it's just like, you know, it's just weird and gross. It's a gross out scene. And he's like, oh, we are going to use those. Like, those are all the, the sickle cell uh, examples or whatever. And then Ted is just like, you hear that? Like, you're covered in, like, rejected black guy sperm. You're like a Kardashian. I'm just like... Yep. (sighs) And that, I mean... Do I really want to finish this film? Okay, whatever. It's 15, and that just shows you, in my opinion, like, how far behind the times that, like, Seth MacFarlane is getting with, like, a lot of his references. I mean, when I watch Family Guy, I mean, there's a a joke in one episode, and don't quiz me because I don't remember. No, it's fine. Whatever, but there's a joke in one episode where somebody, I think Brian is, like, in the army or something like that, and somebody says in a... uh, is flying a jet plane or mm-hmm. something that their call sign is Mary Hartman and Mary Hartman is the name of a soap opera parody by Norman Lear from <laughs> yeah. the 70s but like so I mean that's a joke that just digs deep because yeah. it's kind of like if you know it it'll make you laugh you're, you're probably like, one of the only that? people I know right. who has actually gotten that joke right so but it's like even if you know it's, it's a silly name so it's not like offensive or whatever but like now he's just like like the comic con scene like those are the most easiest targets you could think of and it was just kind of like one after the other so in my opinion like when you see all those fights like when you see oh with Kirk fighting Picard and mm-hmm. you know like all these uh, famous foes or you know friends getting into this all-out brawl, like that. Doug Brown is beating up the guy who's yes. dressed up as Marty McFly. Yeah, so it's kind of like we we reached the bottom obsessed barrel, basically. And, and no, like, this isn't the bottom. You know what the bottom? Well, is. the bottom was uh, a million ways to die in the West. <laughs> that is true, actually. Yeah. But as far as like the way he's writing these references, kind of like he already used them all. Apparently, uh, yeah. Family Guy. So now he's just. Yeah, I was just telling you that, like when when we were on our way to the studio, um, that that one scene where where Ted is driving the car while the other two are asleep, and he's doing the whole mess around skit. Yeah, like that, that was great, by the way. Yeah, but he's already used that jo- that exact same yeah. joke oh, before really? <laughs> in a Star Wars like Family Guy episode. Like somebody oh, actually linked right. it. To, yeah. You know what I'm talking so, about? I, right? I forgot about the that. exact same. So even scene. when it's like decent, he's just kind of like, oh yeah, well if it ain't broke, don't he, fix he it. He just he just <laughs> loves that scene for some reason. Yeah, keeps on using it. Um, so if I can uh, jump in and give my please, opinions. I have nothing more to say about this film. Please. I was going to say I'm sure I'll be the highest out of everybody. That's uh, cool. On, why couldn't Kenny be here? Or at least to give give me someone to talk to about this movie that somewhat enjoyed some of it. 
Um, I've been a big fam- Family Guy fan ever since it came on. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the show when I was you know younger in my teenage years. Mm-hmm. And then when it was off and it came back, I thought it was really strong for the first season when it came back. Yeah. It's just my personal, and some people haven't liked the show, which is totally fine. Um, I, I watch episodes every now and then, but I, I've pretty much gotten to the point with Family Guy where I don't need any more that I've already gotten. There was a definite shift in like the, the character development the, for the fact that, that even in the initial seasons there was sort of like a broadening character development but now they've just kind of become caricatures where meg kind of started out as this character that was like growing as a teenager and trying to find herself and now she's just like the the unofficial punching bag that everyone in that universe hates for some reason i will say this though i feel like that's followed a very similar arc as the simpsons did yeah where the characters on the simpsons are pretty much playing caricatures of themselves they're just spinning their wheels dude yeah because the series has gone on for far too long and actually i think i feel feel the same thing about family guy now like it needs to be canceled at some point yeah it's not going to probably neither will the simpsons until they want to be done which is really unfortunate until the the other two actors who who voice all the characters decide to just like dip out yeah if dan castellanetta wasn't on the show anymore they probably would have to just I would have to stop, but mm. that's okay. I mean, it's probably going to stop pretty soon now. But that's what people were saying like 11 years ago, man. It's no, but I'm on. talking now with, uh, what's his name, Harry Shearer? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pulling out. I'm just saying, like, I, I do think there's a domino effect that could be at play. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll I kind of hope so, because even though I have a very, very large place in my heart for The Simpsons, because I watched it a lot when I was a kid, and I love watching it with my brothers and by myself and whatever, it really needs to stop. Yeah. But um, getting off that tangent, back to Ted 2, Seth MacFarlane just is not a very good filmmaker at all. He's he's way more tailored for television, in my opinion. Yeah. I think he's actually, much better in a short time span than a elongated hour and 55 time span. Especially and not to get like too hung up on the details versus like film versus cinema or uh, cinema versus like TV because I'm not one of the people who would say like oh well if it's made for film then it has to look this way because mm-hmm. there are some gorgeous TV shows that look better than a lot of films you Deadwood. Know? It, exactly like it just depends where you're looking of course um, but I do think yeah if you're making a film you have to have something inherently cinematic and he chooses uh, and what's funny that's why A Million Ways to Die in the West was actually so bad because <laughs> That is actually a, a thing that could work in a movie because, like, we've seen it with Blades and Saddles, and obviously he must love Blades and Saddles because I think he even cited in an interview and whatever. But it was clearly like in in lieu of that kind of a movie. But like Ted is just the most banal and like mundane concept. Like literally, this movie is just about Ted trying to prove that he's a. a a human being. Uh, well, and I think that's kind of where this film lacks what the first one had, even if you didn't like the first one, which I totally understand, because that's the only Seth MacFarlane film that I've seen that I would say I genuinely really did enjoy. Yeah. I feel like it was a lot easier to enjoy that film because we did actually get this origin story of not only Ted, but also of moves along John better. Bennett. Um, and there's an actual reason to watch and get you know told the story about it. And and it, I just feel like it did a much better job of giving you an actual narrative yeah. where this film, 
it just got made because that he needed to make another movie that was going to be hopefully successful, which it, again was not. And even comparing it to the first, and it's been a while since I've seen it, so correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. But one thing I don't remember about the first versus this one is that, like, I feel like the conflict in the first movie didn't really show up until the third act, whereas it was in this movie that got insufferable because this whole movie was about you know fresh cakes. Yeah, <laughs> this whole movie was about Ted's battle to become a human being, and so we literally spent like 20 minutes in a courtroom where there's I would say barely any jokes there's a few of course like you know clubber lang and whatever and or you know samuel l jackson samantha l jackson like i I wanted to talk about that that joke um when 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 we when we're introduced to amanda seafried's like like Mm -hmm. character and just like you don't know who that is like it's like have you seen any movie ever? He's the black guy. In it. And yet, at the same time, I thought when they introduced Morgan Freeman, I was just like, oh, I guess they alternate half, like, back and forth, back and forth, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that joke is just not that funny. But when you come to the actual storyline, the story in this movie is just really stupid. Right, about Ex- a teddy especially bear because having the movie is rights. taking itself so seriously. Here's the the worst part about this movie, in my opinion. Is that really? It actually, well, man, not the worst part. I'm one curious, of the worst. Yeah. One of the worst parts, I'll say, is that it had an opportunity. I would think to do something satirical, to maybe like poke, you know, I would say like to expose this like almost inherently unpatriotic ideal of like saying that anything is a human being versus not being a human being and like what the rights come with that but instead it just took this story so seriously and so literally that it actually was a half a comedy uh, about uh, two guys being best friends and actually half a drama about a teddy bear who is in no way nuanced or well-developed enough of a character to actually support this drama. Trying to um, proclaim sentience and autonomy. Yeah. It's another it's just, artificial intelligence. Yeah. And not only that, but then, of course, after – that's only the first half of the movie. The second half has done three more climaxes that happen after they lose the case. So it's just like – I don't know why this movie would – nearly two hours but that's another thing that he needs an editor because these movies do not need to be long even ted the first one felt a little too long to me and i like that one more than this but like in that third act like when they're getting into the kidnapping uh speaking of kidnapping so not only does seth mcfarland recycle jokes but he also recycles uh plot lines plot lines because donnie's back to do the exact same thing but i feel like seth mcfarland doesn't think it's the exact same thing just because he moved it from fenway park to comic-con like he thinks that it's actually a genuinely different thing but uh yeah it was just so so stupid well um another problem with seth mcfarland is that he if you follow him on twitter which i unfortunately still do for some reason masochist (laughs) well i follow i followed him for like two years or three years now on twitter and it was it was actually kind of funny to me how very upset he got at people who were criticizing a million ways to die in the west which is like the most easily criticized movie ever because it's a horrible pile of fucking dog shit (laughs) and he started like lashing out at people on twitter saying you don't understand comedy you don't know what's funny i know what's funny and uh, it just didn't make any sense because that movie was honestly horrible, and he was just being a little bitch, honestly, about yeah. it. If, I, if I'm going to borrow something from Kenny, how, what he would usually say, he was just being a bitch about it. But it, he, but I, I will say this though about Ted Two, um, where a million ways to die in the West didn't do anything in the entire movie to actually even like giggle. I thought there were a lot of very hilarious parts of this movie that really brings it up from a really bad story, which. It's not like all comedies have this great narrative. I mean, it's, it's a comedy at the end of the day. But um, 
it, it just had so many parts that I thought were actually genuinely hilarious, especially uh, two of them, which was the improv scene where they were uh, shouting things that were inappropriate, which is hilarious, and also the uh, the scene with Liam Neeson yeah, trying to buy the charms. Let's talk about both of those. Yeah. First off, the, the improv scene is actually a pretty standard example of... Uh, of Seth MacFarlane's political uh, incorrectness, so to speak, because it's 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 a situation in which uh, you you expect uh, PC material because literally it's a public event mm-hmm. and they're asking for a suggestion, and then you have Seth MacFarlane's absurd brand of like yeah non sequitur offensiveness, where mm-hmm. it's like we just need to get this in there so that way it's funny because normal people wouldn't be that rude. Now, I will say this. That scene was actually funny. Like, I did laugh at that particular scene because that was the only moment in which I felt like Seth MacFarlane was self-aware of what was offensive and why it was offensive because of the context that it was being presented in. Not only that, but it was also so so vague as far as because they're just literally name dropping things yeah. like Ferguson, and then they're moving out. They're not like nine eleven. Yeah, like, Robin Williams. Robin Williams at nine eleven. <laughs> it's almost like it's just so over the top of uh, offensiveness that it therefore it's it's too vague to actually like leave a dent in anything. Yeah. So that's why I actually I found that scene funny. But I I feel like like that's also a nice little microcosm for what he does and he thinks is funny. He is Ted and Mark Wahlberg. At you know an improv uh, concert, shouting out offensive things because it makes him laugh and it makes him feel better as a person. Yeah. And like as a movie joke, that's funny. But as a person who's creating comedy and telling his audience and uh, the world at large what's funny and what can't be deemed racist, whatever, mm-hmm. that's problematic. Yeah. Um, but I will say. The Liam Neeson thing that you just mentioned—that is actually that was fucking hysterical. <laughs> it was, I yeah, have, it was a good moment. It was have, one of the few good moments I laughed at. I have no problem admitting, like that's another example of I can see that Seth MacFarlane I, I think has talent, and there he, you know, there's no uh, offensiveness, and it's not offensive material that I would say I get like. Uh, like that just turns me off about anything. Yeah. I actually love like black comedies, or and I, by that I mean like dark comedies. <laughs> um, but you See know, like what you did there. Yeah. But no, but I mean, I I actually do like offensive things or whatever. Yeah. If I feel like the creator and the character that is delivering them is a worthy of enough like delivery system that there is either a purpose or there's a self awareness that I feel like Ted Two lacked in both departments. Uh, but anyway, that's a, that's a completely clean joke uh, with Liam Neeson's cameo that that was just one of the funniest things i've ever seen because it plays off your your image of liam neeson and it just goes for broke when he's trying to buy those uh the the tricks uh because they're they're for kids and yeah so if i if i buy these and i and i take them back to my apartment then i won't be followed like why does every impression you do sound like ken watanabe man (laughs) no i still haven't haven't gotten that it's it's funny because when we started doing the show you actually were doing like great impressions and now you've just referred back to ken watanabe for every impression i guess i gotta Uh, gotta step up my game man yeah man for real you have to but that's another also example of another thing that seth MacFarlane does far too often which is uh, elongated jokes like he likes to drag them out forever now When it works, it works, and I think the Liam Neeson joke is a is a perfect example of when it works because he's not saying the same thing over and over. It's just a hilarious, like I I mentioned the library joke earlier. It's a hilarious ascension of comedy. But where, let's talk about the uh, the Patrick Warburton dressed as the Tick um, homosexual jokes towards the end of the. the well, film. those are two different jokes. Well, uh, okay. Patrick Warburton dressed as the Tick was actually funny because yeah, it was. Seth MacFarlane wasn't like zooming in on the costume and saying, "Look, you know him as the Tick, right?" You know, like that was actually subtle. Everything 
surrounding that joke was the stupidest thing I've ever seen as well. That was uh, because I guess, and probably in Seth MacFarlane's eyes, it was funny because they were subverting the trope because it's a homosexual couple. Yeah, that, but they went back that, to it like six or seven times. Yes, and they keep bullying other people, and like that's why it's funny. And yeah. it just kept happening. There's literally a scene of Patrick Warburton, yeah, giving somebody else a wedgie. Like it is just a stupid. And we're we're spending time on this, and it's already you know hitting two hours of the as a running time. And it's like we don't need this. We're coming um, up on the climax, and they're still pulling yeah. the shit. Um, can I say something that I will agree with you guys? Uh, this this movie had its problems, and I've already mit- admitted that I think it did, but I did enjoy a lot of the comedy in it. Something that I, I thought was it's it's offensive. I mean, if, I don't want to feel bad say it's offensive because I feel like people get angry when you say something's offensive at a comedy movie. But seriously, like as a as a citizen of the of, of like Earth, <laughs> this this was actually offensive to me yeah. because. First of all, uh, there were multiple comparisons um, in the way Ted was being treated to, yes. um, to how like African Americans every... and like the civil rights movement. But That's the joke. African Americans, yeah. uh, homosexual. Right. It was just kind of like he every civil rights like so atrocity. The lawyer that he finally ends up going to, the lawyer ends up being black, and he rejects him. Yeah. He's saying, "Well, you know, I've seen that before, but I, I just don't think you have a very good case." That's just fucking Seth MacFarlane being a fucking asshole. Like, he spends this whole movie trying to say it's like this, and then yeah. he, he ends up turning around and saying, well, look, now black people don't care anymore. I, Morgan fuck? Freeman actually had a really good argument as to why he did not take Ted's case, Okay, though. Like, that, I but, agree with him. And, 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 but that's, and I agree with what you're saying, Dusant, although that's the problem is that he... Seth MacFarlane's own jokes gets in the way of his own, like, I would say, sick messages that he doesn't realize, like I said, he's self-aware. He is Ted sitting on that couch staring at Kunta Kinte saying, like, oh, that's me, that's me, because he's actually blissfully unaware of, you know, the the messages and the, the signals that he's sending out. Yeah. But what I'm saying about the, the Morgan Freeman thing is it just, it seems so ridiculous to me to, to have an African-American playing that role and then... I, I don't, I, I'm with you halfway. Like okay. I don't that part. Like like I think I said to you earlier. Like I feel like there are so many easy targets and like much bigger targets in this film to shoot at. That like that was a little more. That could be his. Like that could easily be. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane. If you want to call it subconscious, getting racist or something like that. Yeah. But like we, I'm in no way equipped to handle uh, breaking something like that down because I don't know Seth as a person, uh, and I only have what's on the screen. So that's just it's just too tangential. You only know him by his body of work, right? So I, I can't necessarily because only because he is so I would say outwardly racist in my opinion mm-hmm. that like that's just something I don't even think he thought about, and so therefore like an an absence of thought can be an act of racism. That's that's for sure. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it, it has to be. And because here's what I'll say, like to complement what you're saying is you could just as easily read into the fact that Amanda Seyfried's uh, character is, uh, you know, a new up and coming lawyer and she's the female lawyer and she loses. So it's kind of like females in this movie because also Tammy Lynn really is a not a good character. Um, like females in this movie can't get anything done, and it's all up to the men to, like, you know. And I actually don't think that that's Sex McFarlane trying to be misogynistic or anything like that. I think that's something just, inadvertent. I just think, yeah, or, 
in general, I just think he's a lazy writer, so he doesn't realize how his plot conventions accidentally translate into more sinister uh, things. So I, I'm with you in the sense that I can understand what you mean, especially because if somebody like him just doesn't give you the benefit of the doubt to think that he had good intentions. But I, I don't know that there's enough there, subtext or otherwise, that okay. really, really supports something like that for me to latch on to. Yeah, it's fine. Um does anybody else have anything they want to say about Ted? This isn't a movie that was going to stir up a lot of great, long, elongated debate. I kind of mentioned it, but I just want to reiterate really quick. This movie did not need three different climaxes. We have uh, we have Ted losing his case, which only happened like halfway through. Mm-hmm. We have uh, the fight at Comic-Con when uh, Donnie steals Ted again, which he already did one time, so I guess he'll do it again. We have... The what else? Because there's another thing in between that and the hospital. I want to say, uh, well, because there's the Donnie then gets out, and, and there like another fight then between like him and Mark Wahlberg, and then he gets pinned or something, and then you have like the the drama of like possibly Mark Wahlberg dying. Uh, not that I actually believed it, but right. like the film that I don't think is playing it for laughs until the the reveal or whatever. Like I think it's genuinely like I think Seth MacFarlane thought people would maybe be like broken up by that uh, if anything i was like good one piece of shit down one to go damn but uh, okay. but yeah i just like i that's why this movie just did not need to be two hours for me and the only other thing i i really do want to mention is that i get that seth mcfarlane has this affection and i actually kind of like that about him for musical numbers but just be better at it because you you have two musical numbers in this movie. You have the opening one, which is like a vaudeville, you know, dance number, uh, which just bored me because there are no jokes. And I'm sorry, but that's why I'm going to see a Seth MacFarlane movie. I have no problem with like, you know, Lubitsch musicals of the thirties and like mm-hmm. people who were good at this shit that can actually give me a spectacle. But when you, I would say make the movie come to a screeching halt because you're just going to let, these yeah, these dancers dance on stage for like a good three minutes because you you like that sort of thing. Then you're just just like your jokes. You're just being self indulgent. Not only that, but then also later on around the campfire, Amanda Seyfried's character does an acoustic number, and I mean like a full length, like a three minute performance that made no sense as to like oh there's a guitar here, which I guess was kind of a joke. But um, but like why he I don't know why he keeps allowing these things to kind of happen. It's really annoying. And oh, about allowing them to happen. Like he writes these. Well, that's what I mean. Like he, he wants them to he happen. He allows them. To happen. <laughs> I'm yeah. just no, no. I know that he wrote them, but I'm just saying. Like once again, this, these movies do not need to be two hours, and it is so clear what could be taken out that would make even me like mildly possibly enjoy what I'm watching. But it just makes suffering through all that shit more unbearable for me and it not worth getting to some of the jokes that I genuinely actually think are brilliant but yeah just wait I don't know he he's he should not be doing musical numbers like he did it in a million ways to die in the west that was really fucking weird with the uh the mustache song i mean yeah. it's just he's not good at it like i know he likes it because that's because i know he released his own album of uh like old time songs he's got a such. good voice and maybe yeah. that's he He was probably like involved in like musical right. theater like coming up which but... i totally get but then okay either do one of two things get better at it or b just make a musical where it actually feels organic so if you're not digging his style whatever that's just on you as far as you're not liking the movie but if this movie itself is not a musical and you just enter a a dance number that goes on for three minutes and 
you know, doesn't really serve any purpose whatsoever. Because it's not only it didn't open the film. There was a scene before it too. Mm-hmm. Like it literally the, the, the wedding scene. Yeah, the wedding yeah. scene comes first or something like that, and then it moves into it. So it's kind of like you don't you can't even say like, well, this was my opening. Like this is how I just wanted to start the movie off because you, you already started the movie, and then three minutes in, you already stalled the entire film. Like I, mm-hmm. I just don't get it. I didn't hate that as much as you did, obviously. I um, mean, it just bored me yeah. to say. I thought I thought it was mildly entertaining. Entertaining. Let's put it that way. It wasn't great, but I didn't think it was horrible or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think any. You did think it was mildly entertaining. Yeah. I mean, I, I uh, for 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 me at least, it's one of those things where I mean, the, the, the whole point of that scene is seeing the Ted who is in the scene sort of playing around well this pretty standard a, serious right um, it's just a chorus line kicking their legs i'm just that's what i mean like it's not like he got dancers to come in and like actually do some kind of like tricked out like choreographed dance where like i haven't seen that before it's just three minutes of them interlocking arms kicking around yeah. uh you know going <laughs> turn turn you know like i don't know that's why i just started i yeah okay. I, I just I, I guess I just did not think that was as big of a problem in the movie. Well, it's either. not a problem for the movie. It's just another little problem that adds up to a pile of shit. Okay. Well, let's go to ratings because I think we've said enough that needs to be said. Unless and if anybody has anything else they want to say, they can say it now. Yeah. Go ahead, Nick. Well, I um I love this movie. Uh, <laughs> no, I I know it sounds like I hated it, and I probably did, but it's. I would say half of my like hatred or whatever you want to call it comes from a place of frustration, like I mentioned earlier, which is I do think he's talented. I just think he needs somebody over his shoulder telling him yes or no. That's never going to happen. No, probably. that's never going to happen. But I'm just saying, like, give me that movie, and I will gladly pay money to see that movie because there are moments in this movie that I genuinely find hilarious. So because of that, I can't give it like a low, low rating, and, and I fully acknowledge that I actually laughed quite a bit. Uh, no, I yes, just, he did. Why not? Yeah, no, like, I, there, there were moments when I laughed hysterically, yeah. for sure. Like, then I'm admitting that. The other moments was just because, you know, the jokes were, like, okay enough that, you know, you're in a theater and you know, whatever. You're not, I'm, I don't want to be a prick and just sit there and just be like, woo. Um, so, because of that, like, it did entertain me somewhat uh, when it wasn't either boring me or offending me or. Uh, just making me wonder why I'm watching this godforsaken thing. Uh, but as a movie, it just completely fails. Like it's, it's, it has a narrative. It thinks it's interesting. It has, I think it's very telling that you, uh, we spent like 20 minutes and I'm not exaggerating, like 15 minutes, maybe, um, seeing the whole, uh, court case of Ted and it's playing it straight too. There are jokes or whatever, but it is actually like you're seeing the opening monologue. It's and trying I, to get you to like actually believe what yes. they're talking about. And it, and I think Seth MacFarlane think that this is some kind of, like boost for like civil rights or something uh which he actually literally did try to uh, monopolize on when the yeah uh, when i knew the, that was coming when the marriage equality thankfully got ruled uh in favor he tweeted out like okay now go celebrate with ted too as he fights for his rights We're like no he doesn't have any fucking rights because he is a fucking teddy bear but not in, <laughs> uh, not in seth's eyes but you, you we literally spent 15 minutes on on that whole like case that they lose basically i think it's very telling that we don't even see <laughs> morgan Freeman and defend Ted. We just see them walk out of the, the courthouse because they won because there is no way to fucking show that. There's no way that anybody would buy that this teddy bear is a human being and even Seth MacFarlane he's, can't write himself out of that. He's the magical Negro? Maybe, <laughs> maybe he, just, he just comes in and, and uh, not only gives them affirming if, life advice but is able to pull off the impossible. If only... 
Seth MacFarlane with that self-aware yeah. of racial. But yeah, I'm not even going to get into that because I'll go on forever. But so, yeah, as a movie, this is that's why I'm still going to give this a pretty low rating because it just failed on that. But because I did get a few laughs out of it, I will say I would give it a one and a half star out of five. But it's not like the worst thing I've ever seen, but parts of it frustrate me because it could have been much better than I thought it was. Okay. Um, I did not hate this film and I, and I'm going to explain why I did not hate this film because I feel nothing strong for this film one way or another, like hatred, like, like, like frustration with a film for me, like comes out of the fact that I actually see something redeemable out of a film, but for whatever reason, like the, the execution fails, like the premise, or there's just some elements that just don't come together. And it's frustrating to see like the, the spark of something that could have been and then never is for whatever reason. I did not get this out of Ted two Ted two. I will admit that I laughed at a couple of scenes. Like there, there are maybe one or two at max three jokes that I actually like laughed at in the middle of the theater. And the other ones I kind of like begrudgingly like shrugged down just like, Oh, that was a joke. That was cool. I feel like that is the guarantee that you get with a Seth MacFarlane vehicle is that I don't know. No, no I'm just saying that, because he is the kind of person that likes to throw spaghetti at a wall and see what sticks. Yeah. And just every type of noodle <laughs> conceivable. Right. Like, I, that's why I was not even uh, opposed to going to see this movie because I knew that there would be something in it that I would like. It's just a horribly imbalanced yeah, ratio. Yeah, I, I actually I somewhat disagree with that because I feel oh. like A Million Ways to Die in the West was not funny at all at any point in the movie. Well, that's me, a movie I me. give a, I mean, I give a half star out of five, so it's right. like, I hated that movie, <laughs> but I do distinctly remember laughing at uh, Neil Patrick Harris's puns. And, mm. no, I'm just, also, if we're going to play that game of like me laughing at Ted 2, I was sitting next to you in A Million Ways of Dying in the West, and you were laughing quite a bit. Um, I don't remember that at all. Really? Nope. Let's go oh. to the playback. So, select a <laughs> movie. You, you, I know for a fact you, you laughed at the... Um, well, now, of course, I'm blanking because it's, <laughs> it's a horrible movie. But, yeah. like, I... Okay. It's okay. I thought it was funny when the dead corpse got dragged away by the coyotes. That was... That, that was I remember I you laughing at the slave game at the circus. Yeah, <laughs> you're giving me that look. It's been yeah. found out. Anyway, wow. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> that was that was one of the first things that came to my uh, head. Yeah. All right, just showing how good of a person I am. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Nick. Anyway. No, I'm just saying. Like I thought you you liked it more than I did. Anyway, you didn't give it like a half star. Give it a one out of five. Oh, I yeah. thought you gave it more than so. Then why do you give it a one if if it's a comedy and its purpose is to be funny? That was and back you said when it was I was not... really I was really giving light ratings. I was up. You mean last guys. year? Because that's when it came out. It Fuck came out you last guys. year. Fuck you guys. <laughs> um, Boom! Yeah. You guys are so cool bullying people. No, I don't. Guys are so cool. We're like the uh, we're not the so... couple in the tattoo. Aw, <laughs> I'm gonna get a wedge here pretty soon. Nah, is Nick's wearing his tick uniform? <laughs> um, I look good in it. Yeah, this this. This short little little conversation was about as much laugh as I got out of uh, Ted Two. That was a two-hour film, so I'm going to give this. Uh, fuck your 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 score is actually lower than mine. I was going to give this two stars and say that I did not. Well, that was like, going to be the usual two stars, three and a half out of five. I, I did not like this movie. I do not recommend this movie, but I can. It's just not for me. I can I can totally cop to that. Um, yeah, I have nothing more to say about this film. I wash my hands of this. Um. Yeah, Ted 2 for me was uh, still a very enjoyable, uh, for the most part, film throughout because I I laughed at a lot of parts of it, even though I can see that it had a ridiculous storyline and a lot of the parts were very unnecessary. There were some parts that were brought to the uh, seriousness, which were funny, which uh, were when uh, the uh, 
Ted and John are watching the uh, the Law and Order opening and, and making kind of a, a joke of that. Um, but the, the the serious nature behind some of the story of this film absolutely makes no sense because it's a teddy bear, and I know that's what he's like trying to say. Well, you, you're just going to keep thinking this. The problem but- is Seth MacFarlane is not the kind of person that could actually make this story work uh, well, on an emotional level. I'm yeah. just saying, like, if you look at like Spike Jones and what he did with an OS, you know what I mean, like. Mm-hmm. He can actually do it, but Seth MacFarlane, if he wrote her, it would be a fucking disaster, and that's what he did with Ted, oh, story-wise. God. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, this movie... Don't ever say that again. That made me, <laughs> like, such a good no. film, like, being being saddled with that guy. But that was just my analogy. I know, yeah. Taking that inanimate and making it a real... Yeah. Um, still, though, uh, I enjoy a lot of uh, the humor that Seth MacFarlane brings, uh, even though, as a whole, the film was not a perfectly pieced together um, narrative because it was not. It was not even close to as good as the narrative in the first movie, which still wasn't that great, but it was not very good uh, in terms of the story. However, there were a lot of parts that I um, found myself even like throwing in a few belly laughs every now and then because I I did enjoy quite a few parts of uh, Ted 2. And um, I'll admit its faults, and I'll admit Seth MacFarlane's faults because he has plenty of them, but I, I still like this movie um a little more than i did like it so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it three out of five it's a little bit of a high rating i think but but i i enjoyed my time while i was in the theater so i have to say that i i enjoyed it for the most part but yeah uh if you're looking for a like perfectly sewn together film this is uh this is the wrong place to look because it's uh a bad ri- badly written narrative it's a uh, you know the, the characters have almost no depth to them but um there are some really funny parts to it that uh, if you enjoy comedy this would be a good movie for you which is why i'm still fucking pissed that kenny didn't show up for this episode <laughs> he didn't really want to see the movie yeah, but yeah, he's and you he's, both gave me shit about that, and he was just like the stealth no, bomber that just kind of like went along he with the ride. Said that for the first one, and then he did see it, and he thought it was hilarious. So uh, I'm sure he would have thought this one was funny too, knowing Kenny as I do. Mm. So hopefully Kenny will show up next week because we're going to try something a little different. Next we miss week. you, Kenny. Yeah, well, actually, we we want him to show up just because we want him to be on the show. Yeah, right? but um, it's going to be kind of hard to do the episode next week if he's not here. Because we're going to do something a little different. Uh, we're going to have two of the hosts see one movie and two of the hosts see a different movie. And um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, This is one of those things where you talk about throwing spaghetti at the wall. We're, we're trying something that's a little different. If there's no episode posted next week, you know, you know why now. <laughs> or if we never do an episode like that again yeah. after episode 21, uh, you'll know why. Because it was a flaming fucking disaster. <laughs> so what are the two movies we're going to be doing next week? Toussaint and Nick are going to go see Magic Mike Double XL. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Did we decide on that? Yeah, we decided on yeah. that. I'm going to go oh. see it with you. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to see Magic. Yeah, I know. I didn't know Tucson was going to go see it. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, go see you it. and me, buddy. See? Breaking out of my comfort zone. <laughs> All right. Yep. You guys have seriously fist bumped like seven times. We're going to see episode. Magic Mike, man. We're going to be doing a lot more. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, and Kenny and myself will be going to see Terminator Genesis. I don't know anything good about this movie that's going to come of it. I'm going to go see it still, and it's probably going to be horrible. Mm. I I have a feeling that Terminator Genesis might give Chappie a run for its money in terms of ridiculous badness, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And you'll hear next week as we are having our interesting crossover episode. And we'll, we'll see how that... 
<laughs> okay, well, we'll see how that goes. So yeah, to find uh, the episode next week and to find this and all our episodes, just uh, go over to filmtankshow.com. Also, you can find us on iTunes, where if you rate and review our episodes, that'd be awesome. Uh, also, if you want to uh, email us and give us your review of Ted 2 or any movie we've done or any movie you'd like us to talk about or anything really at all about films or television, you can email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the social media websites on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. So from Tucson Egan, Nick Cheney, and myself, Alex Diekman, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Film Tank, and we will catch you next time.